It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S, also at Locked On Brewers, the show handle, and Facebook.com slash Locked On Brewers. Got a good show today. We'll get right to it with Dr. Scott, Dr. Scott Borkenhagen, the Brewers sabermetrics genius. You can find his work at brewmaths.com or at brew underscore maths on Twitter. And again, he's a good Twitter follow, always giving you some sti- sti- statistics uh, <laughs> about the Brewers and about some sabermetrics inside numbers. Uh, he's got some good stuff for you today. We uh, recorded the interview just a little bit earlier, and so um, I can tell you it was uh, it was intriguing. Talking about Corbin Burns and his physical stuff and how it rates. Talking about spin rate, talking about his fastball, talking about what he brings to the table physically and how it compares to other physical tools of, of other pitchers and where does it stack up and kind of get that idea and, and then uh, see, you know, can he put it together in learning how to pitch and using the Brewers coaching and their system and what they're teaching him? Can he do that to become a really good player to potentially even elite? Uh, so we'll talk with Dr. Scott about that potential and, and what might happen. And again, the hesitation given what happened, of course, last year with Corbin Burns. So we'll get to that. Also, Christian Yelich. Keep hearing about the risk of the decline, of course, after the age of 30 for a baseball player. Well, what do the analytics say about that? What, what you know, do the, does the average Major League Baseball player or, you know, other elite players in history, how do they decline once they get out past age 30? And Dr. Scott has some good stats on that for you as well. Uh, so you can... Check all that out. That's up next. We'll do Dr. Scott and uh, talk about all of that. So pretty exciting things. The Brewers continue, of course, with spring training games. We'll have more of a recap of sort of what's happening on the field in the Cactus League uh, in the podcast that remain this week. So we'll do that uh, coming forward, and uh, we'll get to it, though. Dr. Scott, he's up next. So stay with us. We'll talk with the Brewers Sabermetrics genius, Dr. Scott, coming up. You're locked on Brewers. Well, there is access to Lockdown Everything, Lockdown Everywhere, worldwide. There'll be Lockdown World soon. They'll start Soccer Lockdown Podcast. Okay, that's probably in the future, but could happen. Uh, Lockdown Podcast Network is your place. Lockdown Brewers, Lockdown Badgers, Lockdown Bucks, Lockdown Packers, if you like Wisconsin. Lockdown any other team you want, if you like any other team. I don't know why you would, but maybe. Uh, Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown MLB. All available too. What I'm trying to say is there's a lot in the Lockdown Podcast Network, so check it out. Uh, Scott Borkenhagen is Dr. Scott. He's a medical doctor. He's Tuesdays with Dr. Scott, which we're posting late on Tuesday, but it'll work. We, yep. sli- we slipped him in under we'll the get deadline. It in. Yeah. So uh, he's with us today, and to talk a little analytics, Dr. Scott, you can find, of course, at brewmaths.com, also at brew underscore maths on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter, so I suggest. 
that you follow him on Twitter. And we're going to talk about a couple things today. Dr. Scott, thank you. Uh, we will talk about, first, Corbin Burns, because, boy, this guy's intriguing, always has been. Uh, you thought last year he was just going to transition from a 2.6 ERA down the stretch for the 2018 Brewers all the way into the starting role, and he was going to be doing what Brandon Woodruff did last year. But no, he didn't. He collapsed, mm-hmm. and it was uh, still a head-scratcher. But he's come out in 10 innings so far this spring, and he's only allowed one earned run. And so I thought rather than trying to do the analytics on his brain, because that appears to be what <laughs> needs the work, uh, we could talk just his raw uh, physical tools because, of course, you can measure that with analytics, spin rates, all that good stuff. So tell me what you got on Corbin Burns and how he compares just with his stuff to other pitchers in baseball. Well, it's a glowing report. Corbin Burns has elite stuff. And people who are nerds like me and get into kind of, you know, the spin rates and the things you referred to, um, they know the potential that's there. Um, Let's get into this. And I'd like to start, I have a lot of information on him, but I'd like to start with a, a study or basically an article that was written by Pitchers List this year. They did a great job of breaking down the, the high-end analytics on Burns. So I'll reference that quite a bit throughout this. Um, they, they painted the picture, though, that he's got one of the best sliders in the league, and it's objective. Uh, you know, mm. let, me, let, me, let me prove it. Out of all the pitches thrown at least 250 times in 2019, uh, Burns had a whiff rate uh, with his slider of 35.2%, which was the highest in the league for any pitch. Let me say that again. Highest in the league for any <laughs> pitch. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, insane, right? I mean, okay, so, so the slider is top notch. He, he threw it um, 273 times. It averaged 87.9 miles per hour. It had an RPM or spin rate of 2845, uh, 6.2 inches horizontal movement and 0.7 inches vertical movement. He throws it 31% of the time. Now, if you look at uh, pitchers list metric CSW, which is called strikes plus whiffs divided by total pitches. Uh, it gives the measure of how strong a pitch is. And his slider ranks fourth in the MLB there. Uh, his K rate of 52.1% ranks fifth in the league. And his expected batting average of 161 on the slider is in the top 20% of the MLB. So the slider is awesome. And the spin rate on it is something you either have or you don't. You know, mm-hmm. guys can work on that and get better, but um, it kind of is what divides the men and the boys a lot of the times. And Burns, he's got it. Okay. So last year, you look at the stats, he threw 49 innings. He let 70, he gave up 70 hits, 48 earned runs. He struck out 70 and walked 20. Uh, that amounts to an 8.82 ERA. Now Ouch. there's, yeah, that, that anybody who even kind of, pays attention marginally to baseball knows that is no good. <laughs> uh, now you look at his FIP and his XFIP. We've talked about those a lot. His FIP was 6.09 and his XFIP was 3.37. So there's this huge disparity. You got to look at how these things are calculated to kind of tease it apart. The FIP uses actual home runs surrendered. So how many home runs Burns actually gave up? The XFIP, when it's calculated, uses league average home runs per fly ball. And so basically we see that Burns has a 6.09 FIP, which means, you know, he's given up a lot of home runs and that number then is awful. Uh, League average is somewhere, you know, around four, a little bit higher than that. The XFIP now is pretty good. And if 
that's because you start to use that league average home run per fly ball rate instead of his actual home run rate. So what that's what it suggests basically is that if Burns can just give up the league average amount of home runs, he's going to dial that X fit down into a really good range. Um, you look at the rest of the stats too. And one of the things that kind of jumps out is his hard hit rate. And this is on all the pitches, not just the slider or, you know, the fastball, his hard hit rate on everything went from 31.4% in 2018 to 40.3% in 2019. So the hard hit rate jumped almost 10%. And so guys were really hitting them harder. It wasn't just, you know, he was getting unlucky or crazy stuff was going on in the background. He was getting rocked and guys were hitting homers. So what happened? Um, If you look at it, it is the fastball. Um, His fastball has elite spin. Uh, he throws it 52.5% of the time. It, it, it's it got elite velocity, and it just doesn't translate. And when you dig into it a little bit, you see that the spin rate doesn't actually um, lead to movement with his fastball. You look at um, what pitchers listed is com- compared his fastball, Burns' fastball, to Verlander's. And Burns threw 474 four-seamers last year. Verlander threw 1,614. Burns's average 95.3 miles per hour. Verlander's average 94.6. Burns's spin rate on his fastball was 25.72. Verlander's was 25.77. So, I mean, if you look at that, kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts of the fastball, Burns's looks better than Verlander's. But when you look at how much it actually moves, the horizontal movement, the vertical movement, it, it doesn't really, it's flat and kind of dead. Okay, so guys well- were crushing that. Well, how how can that be when I mean, what what do you have to put magic on the ball? I mean, what is <laughs> the spin rate the same? So how is it not moving? What's the deal? Well, you look at the the way that the guy is throwing the pitch, the release point, the arm slot. Um, you know, there's something going on in that release or in that in that area of the sequence. You know, usually it's grip based. Usually it's your arm path. Uh, and the arm slot, your release points, it's all kind of fine tuning stuff that hopefully Chris Hook can work on with Burns. And, you know, that's what everybody keeps hoping for, that he's going to put all this stuff together. All these crazy numbers that you see on the page are going to come together. If they do, I mean, you can't make a straight line and say, well, he'll just be great then if he just figures. But but all the stats, these crazy numbers we're talking about suggest he could be like Verlander good. Well, that's the thing, right? Because his, his physical tools, in other words, what he can do to the baseball with the spin rate is, is what you're talking about, particularly on the slider, would suggest mm-hmm. that he can be an elite pitcher, right? I mean, what am I missing there? I don't know how he stacks up, but I mean, it's it's about then kind of putting it together and learning how to use those tools. And That's right. Uh, it's just, I don't know how much the... I mean, he worked on the Brewers pitching lab, the top secret pitching lab, and he saw <laughs> sports psychologists, which is fine. I'm not... That's perfectly fine. I... I think everybody should, you know, but it's, uh, it's yeah, just amazing to me, this story. Cause it, cause I don't know, I don't know how much Craig council really knows and how much he kind of lets on to the media. But I mean, I've heard him this spring say things like, you know, he just couldn't figure it out or such a head scratcher with what happened to Burns last year. But they, I mean, based on kind of what you're saying and take him into the lab and I mean, they know, right. Cause they can see what's happening. They yeah. have the, the techniques to know why what happened happened. With the way that the Brewers use uh, advanced analytics, I would be shocked 
if they didn't know a million times more than what we're saying right now. Um, yeah. they, they have to understand there's even, there were even pictures on Twitter earlier in the year. There are, this is kind of a similar, uh, a common problem, I guess you should say, uh, amongst pitchers in the league. Some of them put it together and become elite. Some of them sputter out and never do. And when you look at, um, like past posts over the last two years on Twitter that they were talking about, I can't even remember the pitchers that were highlighted, but guys with high spin rates and they would have side by side pictures of their hands, um, as they were releasing the ball and, you know, the guy on the left would have really good stats with his pitch and the guy on the right would not. And usually the difference was how they were holding the ball. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Burns, but you, you start to get into the nitty gritty and these real small things. And, you know, it, it's natural to wonder if there's some sort of a mental thing going into all this. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. You can't really put your finger on one thing. You just hope right. that it comes together. No, you do. It's it's fascinating because, again, the Brewers are giving, I think, him every opportunity to succeed because they know what they have. And, and yep. they're trying to work with him in that in that lab and, and uh, get, I think it's translating. Then you can see where maybe his release paint points should be and how he should be gripping the ball probably when he goes into the lab, but it's then making that translation mentally to, you know, executing physically right. about, about doing that. And some guys can Brandon Woodruff right. has said it's helped. Some other guys have said it's helped them to, to really paint the picture in their own brain of, and muscle memory of how to do it. And so Obviously, the results in spring training have been good so far for Corbin Burns, but it's just spring training. So it's just fascinating to to know that the guy has elite stuff, and and what does uh, you know? Can he realize his potential? It's intriguing, no question about it. We'll have to see if 2020 is a year he can help the Brewers. Uh, let's move on. Talking with Dr. Scott Brewmaths.com, Brew underscore Maths on Twitter for all the great Brewmath statistics. Brewers saber got a real good Genius. raffle going right now, people. Good raffle. Yep, you get stuff away, too. On. Yeah. Yep. All the time. <laughs> so it's pretty good. Um, yeah, check him out on Twitter. Let's talk about Christian Yelich and the just that I wanted to get because people are talking about you know, our human brains. Let me explain this to you, Dr. Scott, because okay. I know you don't know anything about psychology. Yep, I'll sit down. Are, uh, are wired to look for the negative in life. Right. So Christian Yelich signs a long term contract and you got Twitter mongers. Uh, coming out and saying, well, you know, they're signing oh, a, man. a 30 to 36 year deal and they're going to eat that money and oh, it's like over 30. So I just want to, I want to, I want to get the, the straight story from you. I, obviously there's decline. I know personally I had declined from age 30 to 36. Okay? <laughs> so, so what, what should we expect for an athlete uh, as it relates to this whole thing of decline? He's obviously putting up hall of fame numbers right now. What do you think is reasonable to accept? Maybe I don't know how you maybe look this up. Percentage of decline or what we should see him no, there's, do? There's, there's actually hard data on this. We can figure it out. I mean, not for Yelly specifically, but we can kind of ballpark this. Yeah. Let me let me start by um, just telling you about the average position player in the major leagues. Um, this data I'm giving you is based on two studies. Uh, one was in the Hardball Times in 2009, and one was. Uh, fan graphs in 2015 and they looked at when does production fall off for position players well there's lots of graphs and they did it by era and tried to figure out you know uh do good players decline slower than bad players etc they really broke it down and if you look at all the data in totality what you can kind of say is this 
generally speaking, for the average player, keep that in mind, um, that at 25 to 27 years old, you usually reach a peak and kind of plateau. 27 to 33, you start to go on a slow decline. And around 33 years old, the average MLB player production is 10% lower than it was at its peak. Okay. Okay. 35 years old now to just two years later. And I think this is what you were alluding to the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the aging process. So now at 33 to 35. Now the, the production drops another 10%. Then at 38 years old, the cliff comes and players completely fall off. Now the caveat here is that we're talking about the average major league player. Christian Yelich is not that he right. is the, well, he's the best hitter on the planet, not named Mike Trout. And so these studies don't really apply to him, even though he is human. Um, so what do you look, what do you, you know, they, they kind of stratified these studies based on production. And they did find that or on how good the player is based on their war. And they found that the guys who were in the MVP or elite range tend to drop off slower. Um, mm. Kind of the same ages, though. So what you would expect from Yelly is him to start to decline slowly <laughs> over mm-hmm. the next three years uh, or four years. And by that, I mean 10 percent drop off over the next three, four years, which isn't a lot. Um, but then yeah. after that, you start to see that that process accelerate. So so it'll accelerate. But you're saying not as much as the average player, because you're saying. Essentially, by age 35, then the average player will be 20% less than their uh, peak, right? So right. for Yelly, it might not be that by age 35. Yeah, and so, you know, you, you, I'm being vague intentionally and kind of open-ended with this because you can't really say player by player. You can only look at population norms. Um, you got a healthy guy, though. He's got the freak injury in his background. Other than that, though, he's been, you know, playing at a high level and he doesn't need much time off. So the, the back thing, I think you kind of put, you know, file that away in the back of your mm-hmm. head when you're thinking about these things, the knee, you wonder how that might affect him going forward. But um, that I, I don't worry about as much as the back issue. Okay. So. Yeah, no, it's interesting. That's uh, to try and sort of quantify that. And obviously the brewers, of course, knowing them, they did all this work too, to try and project it as best you can. Can't ever tell the future, but you know, you're going to do the best you can just to try and figure out what kind of production you're going to get. And yeah, uh, anytime you can sign an MVP for under market value during his prime, you you don't even think about that. Right. Uh, Yeah, totally agree. It's a great deal, people. I think (laughs) everyone except, you know, the 5% Twitter trolls. I think it's a great deal. And even they like it. Yeah, You know, know, you're you're a Twitter troll, but you're not one of the 5% crappy ones because you're a positive Twitter troll. That's right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there. No, it is. I... Uh, <laughs> all right, Dr. Scott, thanks. I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up again next week. You got it. Go check out Dr. Scott's work at brew underscore maths on Twitter at brewmaths.com on the internet, the interwebbing. So check them out there and always happy to have them with us here on Locked on Brewers. Good stuff there. Uh, we will join you again later in the week and uh, have a couple podcasts left for you. We'll talk more about what's going on on the field in the Cactus League and the other things that come up uh, for the Brewers as the week rolls along. And then we're only a couple weeks away from opening day at Miller Park. Brewers against the Cubs on the 26th. It is steamrolling towards us here. So Cactus League play really well, well underway. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. 
Sorry. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit and uh, update you on what's going on with the Brewers all through spring training here. So that's coming up. You can always find us, of course, on uh, the podcast areas, the major podcast platforms. Uh, you're talking about uh, Spotify, Stitcher, also Google Play and Apple, anywhere podcasts are. You can also go to the Lockdown Podcast Network and check uh, check us out there as well as all the other Lockdown podcasts. So appreciate the time. Always check out, of course, Lockdown MLB as well. You can check out that as the big national podcast for the Lockdown Podcast Network as it relates to baseball. So thanks again to Dr. Scott. We'll talk to you again later in the week when we give you a Brewers Fix right here. I'm Ben Larson. Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 